boils and ghouls. It's time to gather round us, horrifying hunter, petrified Preston, and devilish Dan. Crack open another cursed volume of tales from the crypt. This is Horrors from the Vault. <laughs> Welcome, kitties, to Horrors from the Vault. My name is Horrifying Hunter, and I'll be one of the three shadowy figures leading you into the dark and haunted corridors of this very vault. Tonight, we're cracking open our 17th tome of Season 2 with My Brother's Keeper, an episode all about the joys of wearing a studded leather corset that's just itching to come out. But before we can venture fully into the vault, let me introduce you to my co-host... Oh, boy. Do I want to ask which one of you is wearing a studded leather corset tonight? No. No, I do not. Uh, guys, I've known you for a few years, and I have no idea. Well, actually, Preston, you answered this question for me a couple days ago. Petrifying Preston, how do you feel? How is your <laughs> reputation as a brother in your family? Oh, I, well, I hope it's good. I, you know, I, um, I love my sister like she's my own. That's like my one soft spot. I, I can like, you know, I can have fun everywhere else. But I'm like, oh, when it comes to my sister. Oh, God, come on. Hey, uh, yeah, I, I had the privilege of meeting her recently when we all yes, you did. all American rejects. You guys have a lovely relationship. Dan, I have no idea if you are an only child, if you have mm-hmm. siblings. What is what's the yeah. situation in the Dan household? Uh. The family tree for uh, both mine and Beth's family goes straight into the hole from here because we are both only children, which oh, means we can both, we're both very good at entertaining ourselves and um, being very selfish, uh, allegedly. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Never had to deal with any bullshit growing up. <laughs> Everything was for you. You had the best Christmases <laughs> out of everybody. It's yeah. all mine, except for, it sounds great, except for you realize that it can be very lonely and you just do get very good at entertaining yourself and very being very self-reliant. Like be, you, you end up being good, not rely, not needing to rely on anyone to help you out. Look, it's it's in one of those psychologist books that eventually if you raise only children, uh, they will end up starting a uh, podcast based on a <laughs> cult favorite <laughs> 90s television show. It's it's bound to or, happen. Or a cult based on a podcast. Let's get that rolling. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, Hunter, before we get out of the intros, you know, Dan and I, we decided to to really live this episode out. So we are currently um, stuck to one another oh, yeah, we, as, as we, we speak. 
Oddly enough, you were going to ask which of us was wearing a leather corset. And the answer is both of us. That's <laughs> yeah. how we're stuck to each other. That's right. And he, he's been drinking a lot. So I'm I'm feeling a little tipsy myself over here. So hey, I believe that you got Preston's uh, just been masturbating like me. <laughs> just nonstop. <laughs> well, I um, I was going to ask which one of you was most likely to uh, hire a hooker, but maybe we'll get there a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> um, as for me, I am the eldest i have two siblings i have a younger sister and a younger brother we're uh we're right at five years apart for me and my brother and we had a close relationship growing up playing video games and sharing but also beating the shit out of each other so i can kind of relate a little bit to this episode um guys before i forget you might have been like mad at us if you don't follow us on social media then well first of all if you followed us on social media this was no surprise but if you don't you might be saying uh what the hell what happened to the friday upload this week were you sick was something going on the answer is yes to both those but that's not why we moved (laughs) um we've moved uh to tuesdays because our podcast network the neo zaz podcast network a lot of shows go up on friday and we just want to ensure a consistent awesome upload for you all so out of respect for the network we're moving on over to what we're calling terrifying tuesdays so from here on out you'll get your shows on tuesdays nothing's going to change as far as the content or anything like that just go up a couple days later so join us on tuesdays from this point going forward season two episode 17 aired on july 24th of 1990 again we're talking about my brother's keeper but before we can talk about the episode itself preston i've got to come see you over at the house of horror so we can talk about that comic inspiration Let's do it, and let's hop in that Wayback Machine, yes, because we are visiting Shock Suspense Stories, Volume 1, Number 16, from August 1954. This was another one for you keeping up at home that I really had to dig for, had to go to the depths of the internet, probably picked up a Trojan virus or two, but, you know, it's all all for the podcast. It's all fine. Um, So let's get the negativity out of the way, shall we? Because I want to be positive. I want to have fun with you fellas. But I got to talk about this comic a little bit, okay? Um, I'm going to be blunt about this one. Um, It took me a while to get through this. And you know that's kind of problematic because these aren't very long comics. And I'm going to be super interested if you guys check this one out to see... If you agree with me, if you think I'm an idiot, whatever. Um, Now, I will grant you it could have been me. Like maybe I wasn't in the mood. Maybe I was a little tired, but I will be damned if I did not literally nod off like more than a few times while while reading this. Uh, And that's literal. Um, I just could not seem to get into this story on the page. Um, I watched the episode first and it's one that I had never seen. And it was interesting. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, But let's kind of stick to the pages here. Um, This actually has very little in common with the episode. That is for sure. I mean, they take the most basic concept and put in the episode, but that's that's it. Um, And it kind of makes sense because I can see the producers or or whoever kind of reading this and thinking that the concept itself is really fun and they could do something really cool with this. But the changes were definitely necessary i mean um it opens as a courtroom drama of sorts um 
And I think one of my biggest issues with this, and I mean, we've seen it before, but I don't know. I, this one just felt just felt even more incriminating to me. It was just a lack of a Tales from the Crypt feeling. Like there were, you know, we're not talking ghouls. We're not talking haunted houses. I mean, it's just these two brothers that you're wondering how they're, you know, able to evade the law. Like what the hell's going on there and why the hell these guys can't seem to get away from each other. I mean, they're, they're, they're right up against each other, the whole thing. And, and obviously it's revealed at the end. I do appreciate the ending. Uh, the reveal is fun. If you weren't clued in previously, um, I'll just say that that is really about the only thing that worked for me on this thing. Um, the episode kind of accomplishes what this comic does like in a more fun goofy manner which frankly is what it really needs like when you figure out what this story is to go a serious route with it just seems strange i can't fault them back in 1954 for doing so obviously but but you know what i mean um i kind of just drudged through this one and was left pretty whelmed to be honest with you um so you know i can't necessarily say to to run out and, and check this out I, I personally would just stick with the episode on this one, but I don't know if you if, if you guys, Hunter Dan, were able to to read this and, and agree with me at all. Like I said, I'm kind of interested to see if you think I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I didn't think this one was written particularly well. Uh, same page there. However, I I did after finishing it wonder what a episode uh, that hemmed a little closer to the you know the comic would have been like because I think. The twist plays out a little better in the comic than it does in the episode. Where That's true. They kind of hide what exactly is going on until yes. the very last panel and the episode. We'll get to it, but does not do that whatsoever. It's there for right. scene one. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that the television episode is a much better representation of classic tales from the crypt than the comic is. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, I know this is shock and sus- a suspense story, so the direction is going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But I think that they were very smart and just, you know, it is fun to kind of wonder what would have been with a more straightforward adaptation. But I think that pivoting so much into basically doing an original interpretation, really just utilizing the name, um, (laughs) you know, almost like shining it um, was the best direction that they could possibly take for this subject matter. Uh, We're not going to talk about the episode itself just yet. But yes, I was not impressed with the comic book story. And I actually think that the not only does the uh, not only does the episode best it, I just think it's generally a much better story all around that's representative of the franchise uh, more so than what we've got on the page here. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, definitely. Guys, before we move away from comics, do we want to talk about some news that came out recently? Ooh. Oh, Dan, I was hoping you'd bring it up because right now is the best place to do it. Perfect. Well, guys, if you haven't heard, EC Comics is coming back to life. That's right. 70 years after initially coming out, we're finally getting some new EC Comics. We're not getting Tales from the Crypt, Shock Suspense Stories, anything like that. But there is going to be an EC Comics sub-label underneath Oni Press. If you're not familiar with Oni Press, they were a mid-level indie publisher that had some big hits in the 90s, especially Scott Pilgrim, Six Gun, Queen and Country. They also did uh, all the Kevin Smith tie-in comics, so... If you're in any of those, uh, especially Scott Pilgrim, check those out. But what we're going to get is so far they've announced two, count them, two 
issues, uh, Epitaphs from the Abyss and Cruel Universe. And they've also mentioned that there are going to be two more monthlies following in the months after these come out. Uh, of course, your boy, he did a little digging, uh, went and checked out what creators might be mentioned as well as put together and, you know, being me being a big comic book fan, I put together some, uh, some recommendations for you. So as far as talent that they've announced are, uh, accompanying the, the new titles, uh, Jason Aaron, he's done some, uh, stuff such as Southern bastards. I can highly suggest that it's kind of a walking tall thing where a guy comes back, to his hometown after his dad gets murdered and the hometown's run by uh, the soccer or not soccer, the football coach. Uh, pretty good. And he also Sounds had a fun. really, yeah, he also had a really good run on Thor for Marvel. So check that out. Um, Love and Thunder was kind of based on his run, but don't hold that against his run. <laughs> if you didn't care for that movie, the comics much better. Uh, Brian Azzarello, he did the Hundred Bullets series, uh, Joker one shot with Lee Bermejo, and uh, two of the Watchmen prequels, Comedian Rorschach, which are hit and miss, but those two are pretty good. Matt Kent, uh, he did Super Spy, Mind Management, and Berserker. Uh, it's B R Z R K R. Uh, I've never read that, but I know it's popular with a lot of people. And the one I'm most excited about is Cullen Bunn. If you guys haven't heard of Cullen Bunn, he did Harrow County, which is kind of a Appalachian Gothic horror, um, spooky witchcraft series. There's only like 36 or 38 issues, but it is fantastic. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I just bought a board game that came out based on it. It's great. It's available on Hoopla where all the other EC comic stuff is that we've been reading. So check that out. Uh, they also announced a couple artists for the covers. Uh, previously mentioned Lee Bermejo. He did the Joker one shot that I talked about. And J.H. Williams, who did a Batwoman series from mid 2000s, which is gorgeous art. So I can't wait to see those. Yeah, that's awesome. That's some that's some pretty serious talent there. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, it sounds like these are going to be uh, one's going to be more modern, uh, more horror. One's going to be sci-fi, both focusing on more modern stories because the world is absolute shit. So it'll be fun to see what they come up with. Uh, we know EC is famous for taking current themes, current issues and shining a big bright light on them. So there's plenty of light to be shown when these start hitting in, I believe, July. Nice. Yeah, Thanks for all that info, man. Yeah, man. It's not the first time they've attempted a relaunch. I think the last one was in the late 2000s, mm-hmm. um, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but it is exciting that it's coming back because I think that the creators, at least when it comes to the comic books, they're very aware that the series is not quite having a resurgence. It's kind of an underground thing. But, I mean, heck, uh, listener of the show, Brian, just sent us a article uh i believe from the hard times uh, parroting tales from the crypt so like it is one of those things that is on people's minds um and this is only good news for the franchise itself we're starting to see little things kind of pop up here and there you know for the last couple years there's been t-shirts from like uh, i think cavity colors has been doing Mm -hmm. those um there has been the animatronic re-release which we talked a little bit about the legality of that i think when we started the show um 
but yeah, Spirit uh, put out the Crypt Keeper animatronic again. We've got the comic books coming back. Uh, we'll know something's happening when all of the unofficial outlets that you guys all watch the show on <laughs> start disappearing. <laughs> um, and who knows? Who knows if the show ever comes back in any sort of way? I mean, every time they talk about it relaunching, it kind of sits on the shelf for a couple of years and then dies again. But at the very least, if this comic book interpretation is popular, who knows where that could lead? Uh, it would be very interesting to see how that goes up against Shudder's Creepshow series, uh, Shudder AMC, uh, if that was to happen. But yeah, right now we've got some new reading, and I'm. it sounds like Dan's going to be at the comic book shop to scoop these up as it comes out. Yeah, uh, I ordered it online, but I will definitely be picking up the first few issues. And again, mentioning Hoopla, I think a lot of Oni Press's stuff ends up on Hoopla very quickly after release, um, sometimes even a week after. So you might want to keep an eye on there, but I'll update everyone as we get closer to release date. Awesome I got a, I got a question, Dan, as a comic mm-hmm. reader, you, you said you order online. So do you are you like a strictly digital reader or do you prefer no. you prefer? Yeah, I get well, I, I'll I'll read um, stuff that I'm not 100 percent buying physical. Yeah, interested in buying physical on you know Hoopla. But I order yeah. my actual floppies from Midtown Comics, who okay. typically does a great job. Everything comes with a free bag and board. They do nice. a good job packing it up. So I'll put like usually a, a monthly order together and, you know, just get a chunk of books to dig through. Cool. Hell yeah. Awesome stuff, Dan. Well, Dan, we're not quite done with you yet because we need to talk about top billing the talent involved in this episode. Uh, I'm so sorry you guys got to hear me talk even more. So let's do it. Let's get through it real quick. All right. (laughs) Peter S. Seaman and Jeffrey Price are our writers for this week. Uh, They previously teamed up on one of my personal favorites for Crying Out Loud. Uh, Peter was also the director this week, which is his first time in the chair for a Tales from the Crypt episode. If you want a rundown of their full body of works, obviously you can go listen to the episode on For Crying Out Loud. It's a good one. And go watch that episode. It's fucking great. As far as main talent, we have Timothy Stack as Frank. He's a legendary workman in TV known for writing, producing, and playing many bit parts. That means uh, that there is a lot of crossover with previous Tales from the Crypt stars, such as five episodes of Night Court with Harry Anderson, 32 episodes of Parker Lewis Can't Lose with Mary Ellen Trainer, and he also played Dwayne, the sugar-addicted optometrist on Seinfeld with a bunch of other previous and future stars. He's also known for playing Notch Johnson on Son of the Beach, as well as, as himself on My Name is Earl and Raising Hope, both of which he was a co-producer on, and both of which are excellent sitcoms, hmm. which I highly suggest. Second I'm up, aware of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so My Name is Earl is Jason Lee's like big breakout performance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Went, yeah, went out for four seasons, and uh, it, it's good. It's charming. It's gross. It's funny. Check them out. You know who else is char- charming, gross, and funny? <laughs> Stark is Eddie. He's mostly known as a producer on such shows as Ellen, the sitcom Not the Hacky Talk Show, The Drew Carey Show, and According to Jim. But he also had a few notable acting roles, uh, such as Billy Cole in Fright Night and Charlie in House, the Second Story. And finally, we got Jessica Harper as Marie. Guys, if you're anything like me, you were probably pretty surprised to see Susie from Suspiria popping up on a random ass episode of Tales from the Crypt. (laughs) Uh, If you're not like me uh, or have no idea what Suspiria Suspiria is, it's a highly influential horror flick from Giallo director Dario Argento featuring a rockin' soundtrack by the band Goblin. 
Uh, there is also a remake by Luca Guardanino that also had Jessica in it as a small nod to the original. Uh, she was also in Luca's Bones and All from 2022. Uh, she also got to show off her vocal prowess in musicals Phantom of the Paradise and Rocky, the Rocky Horror Picture Show sequel, sequel Shock Treatment. That's what we got this week. Pretty much three people, a couple of smaller people, but those are the main ones of note. I wanted to mention... Um marie's character what what was the actress's name again dan jessica harper jessica harper so while reading her imdb page i pulled this little paragraph because i found it kind of amusing <laughs> since her appearance in the american remake of pennies from heaven 1981 and my favorite year from 1982 her film career has cooled somewhat likely as directors didn't know how to use this seemingly fragile ethereal and always unique talent though she continues to work steadily in film and on television. Did your agent write this? Did your manager write it? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to know, was this a diehard <laughs> fan who my career has cooled somewhat because they don't know how to utilize my seemingly fragile, ethereal, and always <laughs> unique self? Mm-hmm. It was very strange like to read that sort of full. And you can sometimes read those Wikipedia articles where you're like, oh, yeah this guy wrote this himself. I Amazing. just wanted to know the backstory here because somebody's manager's working overtime. Yeah. That reeks of publicist, right? Right. All the right. Way. Yeah. 100%. I just found it very amusing. She's yeah. just too damn good for work these days, fellas. Right. Right. That's it. Um, I actually have a, a thought too, uh, as far as the casting goes, and this is not even like a critique. I don't even really know what this is because you know, look, I understand we have budgets and things like that, but I think of any episode I can think of that could have really utilized some stunt casting, this one like would have been great. Like if you get two really like big actors and, and maybe not even big, maybe just like cult actors of some sort, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I felt like as much as I had fun with them and we'll and we'll talk about them obviously i just i just kept thinking man i wish these were two people that like everybody recognized because i feel like this like it could have turned this into like one of those classic tales episodes like arnold schwarzenegger and danny devito exactly exactly <laughs> like yeah that, exactly right like something ridiculous kind of along those lines you know what i mean yeah i enjoy tim stack but i would love to see like two bigger names just bouncing off of each other yeah. There's a reason that uh, Eddie's actor is a very Jim Carrey esque throughout this episode. Oh my goodness! Like One to one, especially yep. with some of those bar reactions uh, that happens <laughs> later on. But uh, yeah, I get what you're saying for sure. I don't think this episode needed a celebrity mm. to write off of. It would have been a fun, like little niche appeal thing. Well, not even a niche appeal. It would have been good for. Uh, I guess public appeal more yeah, than just anything. the brand. Yeah. 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 Increase the branding of it. But I never felt that any of the performances were lacking because we yeah. didn't have a more recognizable name. I actually That's think, fair. yeah, we're not talking about the episode itself just yet, but I actually think performances throughout this um, are very strong. And I, I don't think there's really any loose ends that aren't caused, unfortunately, by the story and the script itself. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, we're going to talk about the episode, but before we can, of course, we've got to talk about that opening Crypt Keeper segment. I love his little Oculus moment <laughs> that he's having here. <laughs> he's, he's freaking out at the mirror. He's cutting puns. Um, 
we don't always mention it, so I wrote it down here, but this is possibly one of the funniest out-of-context comic book arts that you could pull for a meme. Yes. Um, it is pretty great because it doesn't tell you what the episode is going to be, and you're kind of wondering how the brother got himself in that situation in the first place um because it it is not the scene in the episode itself it's like it's a take on oh it God. and i like it yeah i <laughs> just i'm looking at it again wow right like <laughs> yeah it's amazing yeah if you don't know the shtick out of context this cover doesn't make a lot of sense You're like wait what's going on here that's why i'm saying it's like a perfect meme format you can pull out whatever with that i think i'm gonna make a handful just so we can post them on social media <laughs> get on it yeah it's like me and my brand new 40 dollar 4k collector's edition versus the <laughs> <laughs> the 16 other 40 dollar collector's editions already on my uh, on my shelf that's right yeah maybe right. maybe we can make it the new um one of that guy walking with the girl looking at the other girl exactly what it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> television terror the episode itself Dear horrors from the vault listeners, do you drive like an old lady? Do you have a brother who doesn't? Are you conjoined at the hip? If so, you might be named Eddie and Frank, two Siamese twins who have spent the last 30-something years together. The two brothers are going out on the town and end up at the bar, Eddie with the intent to get smashed and Frank to enjoy a nice book. They end up meeting Marie, another fellow oddball reading a book at the bar, and despite Eddie's gross commentary, Frank ends up making some money moves and getting Frank er, or getting Marie out to the dance floor to dance to Stuck on You. You guys get it? Marie ends up <laughs> slamming into the mask that connects the brothers like a NASCAR driver into a wall and visibly shows her disgust and she leaves. The next day, the two go to a surgeon for consultation. They find out that they could be separated, but the likelihood for, for survival is 50-50. The surgeon provides them a medical release, which Eddie immediately signs, but Frank isn't convinced due to the low rate of survival. We see the two doing their nightly routine, double toilets, double workout bike, milk and vodka, you know, that old shtick. <laughs> Eddie reveals the forms again underneath a silver platter. He constantly has surprises. And after Frank refuses, Eddie threatens to separate their connection via a kitchen cleaver. Right before he can plunge it in, Marie calls again and says she was mistaken before and needs another chance to connect. All right. right we've yeah. got our setup. <laughs> and go on ahead. I had issues with this episode from the very first scene. Um, that car scene is, I don't know. I feel like they started filming this before they decided whether or not they're going to be actually conjoined or not, because these motherfuckers are like two feet apart on either side <laughs> of that car. And then right. when they get to the club, it looks like they both go to get out their respective sides of the car. Which, and they're just standing in front of the car. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh my God, guys, 
we, we need to establish some rules on how your your connection works before we start filming. Come on, guys. Yeah, they just, they just unlatch it and then latch it back, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of that in this that the episode just kind of expects you to roll with. And I wish I could say that every time I was like, oh, yeah. All right, cool. I can roll with it. But there was always that little piece of me in the back of my head where I'm like, wait a minute. Like, how... How is he like putting these forms in hiding spots? Like, how is he doing all this stuff behind the scenes? How does he call Marie for the big reveal at the end yes. uh, mm. without his brother knowing? There are some very big, obviously, uh, or obvious lapses in uh, judgment here, <laughs> which is interesting. But I, I, I think that for me, uh, Preston, I, I don't know where you are, so maybe you got to chime in here. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I found this episode surprisingly successful um, for me personally. I really like the dynamic of the brothers. I think that those two play together. The two actors play off of each other very well. And I think just seeing them doing things side by side, like they have been doing this for years, Um it just really worked for me. And I think that this episode has a nice tone for Tales from the Crypt. It's got just enough of that zany, goofy horror nature to it where I'm like, oh, this is just a really fun episode of Tales from the Crypt. Even though I had my issues with it and I'm kind of like, huh, you sure. really could have fleshed out this story a little bit more. I was constantly entertained by it. And I think like that's a pretty good spot for you to be. Cause I think sometimes some of these episodes can get very bogged down in their stories and like, you know, making sure that they hit all their bases mm -hmm. here. Yes. It's the opposite problem where I kind of wish we knew a little bit more. Like I want to know what these two guys do for a living because they got a nice house. They got a nice car. Obviously <laughs> they've afforded yeah. all these amenities, but at the end of the day, I think the central plot itself and the hook worked pretty good for me and i was overall pretty happy with this episode all right a couple things i have to address before i uh really get in depth on on my thoughts here first of all shout out to my guy sitting at the bar with a book okay <laughs> your boy may or may not be known for sitting at a bar with a pitcher of beer in a magazine okay give me a break uh I, yes i am that cool um so that made me laugh a lot secondly watching them dance together on the dance floor was pretty hilarious and and it looked like if you combine the suits you would get the one from stop making sense uh it looked almost exactly <laughs> like that so so there's that as well hunter what's interesting is i think i am pretty middle ground between you and Dan actually so like I really like I do like this one and I like what it's doing and and, and and I do think this stuff is funny but um you guys will have to help me because I'm terrible with the titles what was the episode we did not so long ago about the ventriloquist the ventriloquist dummy yeah the ventriloquist dummy okay there you go um I felt as if I kept waiting for this thing to make a turn like similar mm -hmm. to that and go like full scale crazy uh, <laughs> for lack of a better term. And th that doesn't seem to ever quite happen. Um, and so I felt like that was kind of something that stuck with me. But generally speaking, um, it's, a, it's a pretty fun episode for me. It's a silly episode, and it asks an awful lot of you. But, yeah, I digress. We'll get more into it. 
I think that there is something to be said about this episode delivering on the silliness in the entertainment way a lot more than some of the other episodes we talked about in season two. Like if I look at... um, What's a good example? Let's talk about uh, Judy, You're Not Yourself Today by comparison, which had kind of like a very similar silly tone to it. I think that I'm going to take this episode, uh, you know, several times over that one. Same for Corbin's Calamity. Yes, you had the comic book hook, but I think this is just a better made episode. And yes, even Mm -hmm. though it's got some weird gaps and some stuff that just expects you to go along with, I think that front to back it's pretty you know it's like that three star movie where you're like hey that had a lot of problems but i enjoyed watching yeah. that uh, yeah. and that's kind of how i felt about this do you guys did you look into what their actual issue of not being able to be separated was did you understand that what the doctor was talking about yeah how their their arteries and stuff were kind of all in that pouch there and he was yeah. gonna have to reroute them and and I, I looked at he calls it uh Pago Pagi formation, which I looked into it. It doesn't appear to be an actual term, but I did look up <laughs> what that kind of translates to. And it, it translates actually to payer payee. So from my understanding, that would mean that probably one of them has like the the fresh blood and the other one, you know, like cleans up the used blood and then sends it back. Oh wow. Ooh. Yeah. That that'd be my guess. Again, not to get too deep into a Tales from the Crypt and how uh, anatomy works, but from the name of it, which sounds like a legit thing, but is not, uh, that's how I would guess it works. That's funny. One big bloodstream. Dan, did you have any quotes in this opening segment that you pulled? Uh, oh, not, yeah. not in the opening segment, no. Okay, okay. There, there were a couple of amusing lines of dialogue towards the top, and I wasn't sure if we were pulling any of those, but it was like, uh, when you're connected ass-to-ass with another man, you're a freak. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, one's, that one's pretty good. And speaking of the actual like makeup effects in here, it's kind of gross. It's gross in a good way. Like It's, it's gross in that, that classic Ugh. from the crypt. Yeah. Uh, it's just that mound connecting them in the middle. It's weird, but... You know I, I did. I kind of liked it. <laughs> As being a Face-Off fan, um, the the TV show, not the movie, uh, where you know they they put yeah you know, makeup effects on on people. I, I did wonder if it was like flesh pants that they put them in and then hid the lines. That's that's my guess on how they did that. Which means these two poor bastards were walking around all day in like weird flesh colored underwear, latex underwear. <laughs> oh my god, probably. <laughs> So a few days later, Frank is getting ready to take out Marie on a date night, but Eddie has slopped it up and refuses to help his brother have a successful date. He's stinky. He's wearing his pajamas. He won't take a shower. But you know (laughs) what? For a whole week. Despite this, Frank still pulls it off with a nice dinner and a chocolate souffle because you know the secrets is separating the egg whites. Um, And a (laughs) night at the symphony, but Eddie keeps pounding those drinks back and Frank also ends up wasted. Despite this, Frank still secures the goodnight kiss and tells his brother that he thinks he's in love. A few weeks later, we cut to the bed where Frank and Marie are close together having a conversation, but Eddie is getting his shit rocked by a prostitute. <laughs> Marie goes to the bathroom. Street and- employee. 
Street there you go. <laughs> uh, we get some magnificent man ass in this episode, too. <laughs> um, Marie goes to the bathroom and uh, I wrote prostate, but I meant to say street employee or prostitute. And the <laughs> prostitute confusingly mentions that we need to go ahead and seal the deal to get those brothers separated. I did not understand this scene at all. I don't know why the prostitute feels the need to go into the bathroom and be like, we're so close. We just got to get him right? separated. I don't. Dan, did you pick up on something Preston and I didn't? Because I did not understand what was yeah, happening in this bathroom that, scene. That That's the big twist. Instead of them being conjoined twins, that's the twist is that he's hired her and the, the street. They're both Jessica Harper and, her, and the prostitute yeah, okay. are both street employees. That's, oh, yes. yep. Yep. Wow. That's I did right. not pick up on that. Yeah. Dude, yeah, so he he basically hired two hookers. A, she was a prostitute. Yeah, I they're both no they're both hookers. They just very conveniently set it up where she'd be at the bar with a book and yeah, exactly. You know, well, well a book I, by, I knew she by the was same hired, author, too. but there was no. What am I missing? Where they mentioned that she was a she was she was a hoe? Like uh, the the one in the leather course, the one the like the actual quote unquote prostitute in this scene uh says like oh we got to get off these streets implying that like they know each other they're familiar with each other dude i literally thought she was just like using it as a term of like hey you and i are in this weird situation (laughs) with these guys i didn't know that the assumption was that they actually knew each other no, it's all a big scam is what I took it to be. Bro, what? That's that I I honest to god totally forgot about that until okay. <laughs> Yeah. Cuz cuz at first I was very confused. I'm like she's talking to her yeah. like she knows her and yeah. 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 Dude, yeah. very confused. I don't think that point came across at all. Wow, I'm going to have to read Oh, really? Yeah. Just no. I I well, once again we watch these episodes a ton, yeah. so like man, all right. Well, Hunter's in the dark again. Cool. Hey, that's that's good. See, I like that. I like that you guys oh, yeah. got surprised by it. That means there's yeah. a little more depth than I thought because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a good twist. It's been a weird week for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. Um, Marie can't take the pressure anymore and leaves the house and Frank attempts to pursue despite his drunk brother holding him down in handcuffs. She takes off and Frank finally blows up on Eddie and the two engage in some serious hardcore wrestling. Dan, at the very least, you had to enjoy their back and forth in this scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know what, we blew through my, my one quote when the, I believe it was the second time they're having the argument about, you know, oh, I can't do it. I can't sign it, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he, he almost gets them and uh, the Tim Stack character goes, I could roll over. <laughs> like That's just one, the one yeah. benefit of being separated <laughs> is he could roll over. It is a good point. I mean, it's a good point. Look, yeah. as a side sleeper, I can't under, you know, that's a big one. Same. Hey, man, if I had to sleep on my back, I, I can't sleep on my back as a, as a chunky boy. No. Yeah. It's, it's, I'll stop breathing. You know, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll be rough. <laughs> I, I got to mention this with the brothers, like, I, cause I love that sequence where they're just trying to kick each other's ass in the living room or yeah. whatever. And, uh, one of them like attempts like a side slam of sorts, like on the other through the table, and they both hilariously just end up going through the table. Yes, uh, yeah. it's like a Russian side leg sweep. Yes, yeah. yes, That's yes. What I'm saying there's some there's some hardcore wrestling action in this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good stuff. It I was like good when, stunts for sure. 
I like the way that we see the two of them as children in that portrait and they like slam their heads into it. I had that written down. Like that's the the one nuance in the episode. Like this episode is very in your face, easy, yeah. not not subtle about anything. But that was the one nice subtlety where it was like, oh, look, they used to be friends. And then they slam into it and crack it and send it to the ground. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Brotherhood yeah. fractured. Yep. Frank is about to sign the form, but Marie comes back in size and says that she was hired so Frank would go through with the surgery. But she's ended up falling in love with Frank. <laughs> uh, Eddie, unable to let go, kills Marie with the same kitchen cleaver from earlier, and he promptly calls the police to report her murder, mentioning that he can't be killed due to the two being conjoined. Gas chamber? I don't think so. Frank tries to commit suicide with vodka and pills, but it ends up just knocking the brothers out. But not before Frank can sign the surgery form with Marie's blood. Uh, hardcore. I uh, Dipping the pin in <laughs> your ex-girlfriend's, <laughs> you know, mm. uh, bleeding out. Uh, it's 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 pretty metal, you know. Completely unnecessary too, because it's like a ballpoint pen. He could have yeah. just signed it, but he's like, "Nope, I'm gonna sign this shit in blood." Sign it in blood. <laughs> the two brothers wake up in a hospital bed side by side, and Eddie celebrates, knowing he survived the night. He makes a rude pass at the nurse, and she immediately shows him to the cops. Eddie is taken away in his bed, and that just leaves Frank, who weirdly makes a pass at the nurse in Eddie's style and closes out the episode. I saw some speculation where it was like, well, is he, did he absorb Eddie's personality now? Like what's going oh, on? I don't think it's that. <laughs> I think he's just, uh, he's celebrating his new freedom by That's right. letting some of his inhibition out. Yeah, he's so I, hype. I have a take on that. Do you want to hear my crazy take? Go so. for it. My take on it, after reading into the Pagu Pagi formation and how their body might work, it's that one was filtering out the good blood and receiving the bad blood and the other was providing the good blood. And now whatever weird surgery they were able to do is now both of them are sort of like the one used to be pretty bad. One used to be way too good. And now both of them are kind of that middle ground because the blood whatever was in the blood has you know is in both of their bodies now damn you dan oh, that was strange scholar yeah i don't i don't know that's the way my crazy ass mind works but i was like oh yeah that makes hey, sense. i like it yeah. i like it i feel like you've put more uh thought into this than um what was the uh, the switch the second episode of this season uh you put a lot of work into the surgery and procedures here, Dan. We Listen, I spent like four <laughs> hours in the airport this week, so I had plenty of time to do some thinking about Tales from the Crypt. But yes, that brings us to the end of this episode, but not before we say goodbye to our friend, the Crypt Keeper. And in this scene, Maggot Meisters. How's that for a cheeky little tale? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the... Uh, words. I like the yeah the pun he uses the sever all thighs. Yeah. Oh yes. Which yeah. is exactly what they did. They severed their thighs. We get to see him smash that mare, saying he's got a split mm -hmm. personality. Yeah. It's pretty basic crypt keeper fare. There's nothing extravagant in either one of these segments, but still a nice little wraparound device. And really, that's all the crypt keeper needs to be. We just mm -hmm. really take notice of when he really does something extraordinary. 
They that you're right, and I I gotta say, man, I don't know if I like them more than the bonkers one, but I I really appreciate more like traditional style stuff with the Crypt Keeper, and um, particularly in the opening, like when he's looking at the mirror, um, you can just see those facial features move so well and sure. seamlessly. I mean, it is it is so impressive. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a pretty pretty fun in and out there. Yeah, this one looked particularly expressive this week. I'm not sure what it was. I don't know if they have like separate puppets, one that they use for like more close ups or further close or you know, mm-hmm. further further away shots, but this one looked really good. Yeah, for sure. Sadly, Dan, we did not see the return of our beloved mm-hmm. funny little skull. So I got my eye yeah. out. Yeah, we got him in the last two. So who knows? Maybe, maybe he'll return at some point. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and pay our last respects. Uh, Dan, since you started off by talking about this episode, I think you should start off the closing thoughts here. Yeah, like I said, it's a very silly, in-your-face, non-subtle episode, even if I had to do some extra work and pull out some maybe subtle elements to it. Um, I, like you guys said, the performances were pretty good. Uh, The two main leads played off of each other really well. But man... It did ask a lot of suspension of disbelief and asked you to just, you know, hand wave some things away and say, don't worry about that. It's just a silly horror TV show. Don't worry. Don't don't pay attention to this stupid shit going on. So for those reasons, I'm going to give it a very silly one point five stars. Ooh, 1.5. Wow. Um well, Preston, uh, I'm going to go ahead and step in here and then you can close out. I'm, I'm glad because I'm very curious. What- <laughs> yeah, there was a lot I liked about this episode. There were definitely some hangups. And obviously, after watching this multiple times, I didn't pick up on a key plot point or at least a nuance of that <laughs> detail. So there are some major issues there. But I could definitely see myself returning to this episode in the future. I was very entertained by it. I really liked the performances in this. And I think if you're making like a big pass package of tales from the crypt this isn't one that i'm going to put you know if i'm limited to 10 i don't know if i'm going to go back and grab it but if i have multiple entries let's say like 30 and i need to fill out a burnt dvd or something like that of tales from the crypt i think i could see this one maybe cranking in that 30 at least of what we've seen so far uh so i'm actually a little above right in the middle i am going for three severed thumbs hmm I really like that. That's a, that's a really great point, and I really agree with that. Like, is it among the top episodes? No, um, but yeah, in a, in a in a big collection, I, I feel like I would definitely include it. Um, you know, maybe toward the bottom of that collection, but in there because it is fun. Um, I'm gonna go right under you, man. I'm gonna go two and a half. Um, yeah. It's it's fun enough. You know what I mean? I just feel like there are some things missing there that didn't quite get me. And um, yeah, I mean, you guys you guys kind of nailed it. I, I kind of copy and paste. Yeah, definitely. I respect that a lot from each of you because <laughs> I kind of <laughs> I kind of lean lean both. Well, I think that's fair because we are all that if we were to average that together, that puts us right at a two point five. So we're all, you know, kind of in the. You know, it's not our favorite episode. Some yeah. of us like it more than others. But I, uh, yeah, I think if you were putting this up against some of the others, um, 
you know, it puts up a good enough battle. And I think that the tone just worked better for me than some of the other sillier episodes we've talked about prior, um, at least in this season. So Um, the one that you mentioned, like, Judy, you're not yourself today. Like, I would definitely take this one over that one. Yeah. In in hindsight, for sure. I thought that was a good kind of comparison. Definitely. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and get out of this crypt. Devilish Dan, thank you, like always, for being here, my man. Oh, thank you. And you know what, guys? Listeners, listeners, if you're doing the math correctly, we're only two episodes away from being to our, well, really one episode away from being to our wrap-up episode. So one more left. So if there's anything you want to hear, you want to talk about, you want to, you got particular favorites, you got particular ones you hated, what did we get right, what did we get wrong for season two? Please reach out, let us know, any of the socials at Horror Vault Pod or HorrorVaultPod at gmail.com. Let us know what you want to hear on the wrap-up episode. It's coming up quick. Also, if you want to catch up with just me, it's Red Right Dan at Any Good Socials or Daniel P. Sims on Letterboxd. You can see all the dumb shit I've been logging lately. Dude, I well, first of all, I can't believe that we're... We're here at the finale. I mean, after uh, after our next episode, I mean, that's going to be 18 episodes in this uh, of Tales from the Crypt, that is, that we've covered um, in season two. So, yeah, I feel like we're moving right along. And this uh, season has obviously been great. And, man, it's going to be tough when, when the time gets here to, you know, choose our favorites you know, this and that, that's going to be, it's going to be difficult, uh, but very excited to do so. Uh, like Dan said, yeah, we're all over on letterbox, man, logging all kinds of stuff these days um, at Preston 967 on Letterboxd and Twitter. You can find me under Preston Green on Facebook. You can find me right here. Horrors from the vault. Uh, yeah. Excited to get back soon and, and wrap up this season after we cover the finale. Definitely, definitely. I'm really looking forward to doing the finale episode. Like we talked about prior, that episode is going to be we're looking back at all of our ratings, averaging them together and doing what we decided as a group were the best episodes and the worst episodes of Tales from the Crypt and everything in the middle, at least in season two. So definitely come back and join us for that. Uh, But more importantly, we've got one more episode before we can wrap up season two. That is with the secret. So stay tuned we'll be right back once again you can find tales from the crypt or excuse me you can find horrors from the vault on your podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts on tuesdays now please go ahead and share us with your friends we'd really love to talk to them we'd love to to make some new converts to tales from the crypt and by extension horrors from the vault if you want to keep up with me the best place to do so is on letterbox you can find me at discount vincent price but you can also find me on the same handle at instagram if that's your bag but like always thank you all so much for tuning in we'll catch you next time crypt keeper let's play that bass
Hey everybody, Hunter here with just a final little note before you go about your day. Now that you've listened to the episode itself, the crew here at Horrors from the Vault wants to hear your stories. I genuinely mean that, and if you've ever thought about hosting a podcast but aren't really sure how to go about it, I can't recommend Zencaster enough for making that process as easy and professional sounding as possible. Look, I'm going to be honest with you, I hate ads on shows, but the truth is I genuinely love and adore this product, and I want anyone else who wants to start a show to know that Zencaster is simply the best you can use for the medium. I've been podcasting for a long time and have used so many different solutions, Skype, Google Voice, and Discord, you know, all the major ones, but each one of those would always have several issues when I sat down to edit. There was always audio dropouts. There was generally just a poor quality. And honestly, the thing that always got me is that it made my production, which I put so much work into, you know, hours of planning and editing, it was just a very uneven production. So I found Zencaster a couple years ago, and I just swear by their product. Each audio track is captured individually, and I don't have to worry about that poor connection ruining the conversation or making major issues or hiccups in post. It's incredibly easy to get started with Zencaster because it's all browser-based, and there are plenty of easy-to-use post-production tools just to make sure I'm getting a recording that I'm happy with every single time. So, hey, if you are interested in starting a show, I really recommend Zencaster. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code GGH, like Grim Grinning House, GGH, and you'll get 30% off of your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. After all, it's time to share your story.